Hello and welcome to the Evolution podcast. This year, Evolution is getting bigger and badder and better. And we have decided to follow the hype and just make an Evolution podcast series. Um, So for those of you that don't know, Evolution is... In short, the Lyric Hammersmith's annual Emerging Artists Festival. And this year, Evolution Festival is all about women. We want to put the spotlight on them and we invite them to be bold, to be loud and take up some space. So today we're in conversation with one of the directors of the show in Evolution Festival and she is accompanied by a very legendary actor, and this episode will explore the representation of the black male in the media. Um, so I think just to make everyone loosen up, I think <laughs> I think um, you should both introduce yourself and I'll start with Tendai. Tell us who you are and kind of what your connection is to Evolution Festival. Um, so I'm Tendai. Um, by default, uh, become TD. And um, essentially, I'm a director, a South London activist. You know, I love South London. And I, I love to create. I create and I get to work with young people and teach. And um, yeah, that's who I am. And can my next guest? Uh, my name is Cornell S. John. And the S is there because through my life, a lot of people have had the desire to call me John Cornell because they don't understand Carnell is a nice first name. <laughs> <laughs> so I put the S in there to try and help them just not to trip up. Mm. Uh, yeah, you probably will know me from a few, few movies like Kid Adulthood, Adulthood. Boop, 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 boop. Um, but actually, I've done a lot of musical theatre. I've mm. done a lot of straight stuff. Uh, I was the original King Mufasa in The Lion King in town. Veteran. Yeah. Veteran. I was the first black Javert in Les Miserables. Come okay. on. Yeah, so I've, I've done a few firsts, but I'm not going to trumpet my own blow. Um, Yeah, I write, so the fact that you've written stuff, I mean, I know, I I say props to you because anybody who gets to the end of writing stuff, they've achieved a lot. That's a lot. So no, trust me, um, and to actually get it put on, that's another props for you as well. It's a love-hate relationship writing. No, it's it's a hate-hate, but get it done. You have to, you have to to figure it out, you've got to just get it on the paper. That's lovely. How you do so I think it'd be really great if Tendai you just let us know like what is this play about and as a female like writer and director kind of where you know what made you as a black woman want to write a play about five black men I've been struggling with this question what it's falls about what it's falls about because yeah I do know and yeah I think me and the boys know but um We've been struggling to condense it into words that make sense for people, mm. that possess narrative and that possess, you know, kind of t- like traditional ways of t- informing people what a play is about. But essentially, Fools is about these five black men who feel and they dream. Mm. And they keep seeing this rainbow. And essentially, we just followed them for an hour and 15 minutes trying to figure out what this dream is and what this rainbow is and how they feel in the process. And Fools is a construction. It's a construction of dreams and feelings, and at times the construction falls on them and they feel it. And I think what kind of got me into writing about this was I fell into it. Mm. I didn't really want to write a play about five black men a year ago. Mm. It wasn't my intention or my desire. In fact, I wanted to write a play about five black women. Um, But I found myself, um, so I have this obsession with Little Italy, 
growing up, like even till now, I love Goodfellas. That's my favorite film. Goodfellas, I love Joel Pesky. He's my crush, Robert De Niro. He could be my boyfriend <laughs> as he is now. I'm very attracted to him, seriously. Um, <laughs> um, but I just, I, I, I have been in love with these. I have been in love with these films and these guys forever. Since, like, mm. from, from, like from like like from my beginning, I have loved them, and I I used to watch these films until now. I watched them, and I felt like, wow, I want to do that. I want to put the people I work with in those scenarios, and I want to because I felt like their little Italy it looked like my South London, mm. and so I wanted to I wanted to play with little Italy and South London, and films just came and. It was men that fell into those places and, and into those characters very easily because I, I suppose I'd kind of met them before. Yeah. Whether I met them, you know, back at home, I met them at the church, I met them on road. I met them just in different places in my life, in different stages. These men are all men that I, I thought I've met. And, um, and they're in a place I've never been to and that's so much fun. So it, means, so it means that there are no rules. And so it is about five black men, but it's not conventional. Because yeah. we have disregarded the whole concept of that we have to follow rules and we have to follow, you have to do this and that. And Cornell, do you think that fear has a way of following conventional forms? Like, do you feel like we should start to break apart what theatre is? Or do you think, it, you know, in your experience of working in theatre and it does follow probably conventional forms, what do you say to theatre that kind of breaks that? Well, there's lots, there's lots of questions around that. I think uh, the first thing is about what is theatre and who is the theatre for? Mm. Um, a lot of the mainstream theatres uh, are subsidised by white audiences. So mm. if you're making theatre for them, that's one thing. If you're making theatre to fit into them, that's another thing. But first of all, I like the idea of a woman telling a man's narrative because, because it's going to come with a different sensibility anyway. Um, and I think theatre... In itself, I mean, from the Greek times, this, is, this was the message of the times. People would go around and instead of reading the news, they would perform something that was happening and that's how theatre started. And I think we're still doing that now and I mm. think theatre is more powerful, it's more immediate. Mm. So um, messages in theatre, I mean, for instance, I, I'm sorry to bring this up, but I'm going to say that there's a lot of stabbings and stuff going on at the moment. And again, we need to use theatre to connect to yeah. people, we need to find a way to talk. And I'm not talking about it, I'm talking about solutions. I'm not talking about bringing us down again. I'm talking about tackling the issues ourselves and not waiting for somebody else to come with some golden idea. Mm. So I think theater talks to us and, and Five Black Men, written by a woman, directed by a woman, I'm interested. Everyone <laughs> should be. No. Everyone That's should dope. be. What is it like working with five black men? It's not easy. Mm. <laughs> I can't it's not. even imagine. It's really not. Mm. Do you know what? Um, I come into the room, yeah. These guys are all bigger than me physically. They're all older than me. Um, and they have been through things that I, that I, as a woman, am yet to understand. And I'm, mm. I, I'm not yet. I just, I just don't get. I don't get it all. And so I'm coming into the room and I have all these things kind of stacked up against me. And, um... But we work it out. We work it out through relationships. We worked it out through just exploring it together. Um, but my own admission that this whole process of fields has been about me learning them, mm. as opposed to them trying to learn what I've written and what I think it should be. But it's not the easiest feat. But I think working with anyone can be, you know, you know, it has its challenges. But working with, but I think fields in particular, I think the challenges really come from. We're often asked to all be so naked. Mm. 
like today in rehearsal, we're working on the scene and I had to get really naked about something that I, that I, about, about one of my experiences or, about, or, or, or just about the text in general. I think Phil's really draws you to be naked as an audience member and as a performer. And I think that's a challenge. Well, I think that's yeah. the best kind of theatre as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I come from the old school theatre where uh, theatre is like life at the moment. I mean, life is a bit like TV at the moment because mm. immediate, everybody thinks they're sitting back watching a screen and, you know, I can flip the channel, I can flip from Instagram to Twitter, blah, blah, blah. What I like about theatre is your people enter, the, enter this space and they share this idea, we're going to suspend our beliefs and enter this room. Mm. And then from that, I can leap off the stage and sit in your lap. That's what I like about theatre. You ain't going nowhere. This is live, this is instant, this is now. Mm. And I think my taste on theatre, we need to get back to that, to really grab your audience, not perform for them, grab your audience and mm. let them know you're part of this experience. So for me, I, you know, the stuff you're talking about, getting down to earth, that needs to go to them as well, the audience. Mm. You, need, they need to, you need to jump out, the men need to jump out the seat and make sure they're knowing what this connection is about, yeah. what this feeling is about. That to me is theatre. That's engagement, and theatre mm. is yeah. engagement. We need, we're meant to engage with audiences. Particularly for me, black audiences, I feel like if I'm going to bring black people to the theatre, and they're already kind of huffing and puffing that <laughs> they gave me their ten pound or their tw- or whatever money they gave me, yeah. and they have to get on the train to Hammersmith. You know the place is quite any side of London. Yeah, it's, it's far. far. It's far. I want to engage with it. I ain't gonna waste your time. Yeah. I want you to come and engage. I want you to feel something. So, yeah, that's really dope. That's really important. So I have a question for Canel. I was gonna say, so over the course of like your career, do you feel like you've seen any changes in how the black male has been represented in media? But let's condense it into theatre. So let's condense it into the theatre world. Uh, I would say in the theatre world, yeah, it's expanded a lot. Um, but it also comes with limitations. Um, for instance, uh, when I've been asked to play these traditional white roles, I remember when I was asked to play, uh, there's a show called South Pacific, which is, um, if you've seen the film, there is nothing like a dame, all these, no? No, no. I was going to pretend, okay. but I don't want to lie you guys, to you. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is old, old, you, you know, it's a big old film back in the day. And he plays the leader, the leader of the sailors, this character called Billis. And the play itself is about racism. It's about racism because the American woman fancies the French guy on the island, but he has Polynesian kids and she's like not having that. So it's about kind of racism. So they asked me to play the head of the sailors in the wartime. And I was great, yeah, thanks. And I said to the director, I said, you know, you've given me this job now. You, you know, if I need any wiggle room, you have to give it me because I'm black. And she looked at me and said, I don't, yeah, I, yeah, but well, I'm just saying that because I'm playing this character and in this time, brothers weren't even allowed on boats and stuff mm. like that. So I have to find how we operate in this world. So even by giving, giving you a change like that, you still have to find the truth in what you're trying to do. And in yeah. that, it becomes difficult. So it's not good enough just to say, we're gonna swap his head with this head. You have to take in the whole journeys, you have to take in the characters, you have to take in the culture, you have to take in everything. And I think um, I found that difficult in the past simply because you're having to try and explain this to people <laughs> and you shouldn't have to. Now I would say it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier because they're making the joins a lot better and a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think the other thing that's changed a lot is the, the skill set. 
um, the amount of brothers and sisters who are in the business now, their skill set is high, man. Mm, I'm just come like, on, come I, on. I'm just, I'm just really, 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 really over the moon and in, enjoying some of the skills I see. Yeah, Tenda is one of them, man. She's one of them. Skills. Trust I, me. I mean, this it's it's an advancement that's, yeah. But we had to come from places yeah. and we had to be inspired. I know that growing up, I'm a, if I'm allowed to have a cheesy, man, I know that growing up and just being able to watch you on the telly, like that was dope. Um, you know, it's me, so dope. Me and Tenda have been thinking about <laughs> this podcast for a time. We're like, what should we do when we meet him? What do we say? Do like, we come across smart yeah, or like really yeah, cool and Yeah, groovy, do we need like, to like bop when we meet because, him? Because like when you're meeting people that are inspired, like, yeah, it's, I think emerging work is a really important part of, of, of where we are right now in the industry and in, in theatre. Mm. But I think just the work that has been produced already is just so like, important as well. And it's adding to what we're doing and, and to the flavour, because the flavour is developing. That's why I feel about theatre. And so, so where do you think we're at, Tendai, in terms of where you, especially with Phil's, but where do you feel like Phil's fits into theatre right now? Does it fit? Or is it completely out of the box? I'd say that it's a play, but it's not a play. Mm. I don't really like calling it a play sometimes because I like to call it a performance sometimes because it hasn't got all the conventions of theatre or all the conventions of, of, of a play. And sometimes it, it really does wander up into, off into the contemporary and the abstract. But um, it fits if you want it to fit, but mm. it don't fit because mm. it's different. And, and I think emerging work shouldn't always have to fit. And I think if you keep asking, if you keep giving emerging artists money to, to, to make work that fits. We're going to keep having the same work over and over again. And yeah. that's not really my business, you know? So. I feel you. So, and I know that um, you've had experience with this as well, but it's almost like, where do you feel like your responsibility lies in terms of how you represent black males on stage? Because I feel like, in a sense of how does your practice play a part in the black male experience? But also on a one on a scale of one to ten, where do you feel like your responsibility lies in terms of representing them? About five point five. Mm, tell me why. Um, I'm I feel responsible. I'm a resp- I like I try my best to be a responsible artist. I definitely do. I do feel like there are things that I have responsibility to say on stage, and if I don't say it, who will say it? And if the people before me have said it and have done it and have tried it, then I owe it to myself and to my community. I'm. I, Definitely, but at the same time, I, I, I remember I worked very briefly with, uh, perform, with a performer called Selena Thompson. And I remember she said, it's, it, it's a big weight to carry, to have to carry everybody on your shoulders. I can't mm. carry every single body, every single black, I can't carry everyone. Yeah. And, I can't ju- and I can't represent them all, because I'm gonna get it wrong. And so I don't think my job is to represent and to, because I'm gonna get it wrong. I might have feelings that you don't have leash. Yeah. You know what I mean? What, Paper and pen, me and you will create different work. Me and Cornell will make different work. But um, do I feel responsible? Most definitely. Do I feel there are certain things I will say? Most definitely. Because yeah. I love myself and I love my people and I love stuff. I just love where I'm from. Yeah. And I'm passionate about that. And Cornell, can I ask you the same thing? I think it's, it's really interesting to hear you say that. Um, you asked me about uh, how things have changed. And one of the things I was keen keen to make clear is that it is not your responsibility to carry the nation on your back because mm. here's here's the juxtapose when when uh, uh you know white performers go out and do their stuff they're allowed to fail they're allowed to yeah. get drunk throw up in the street and come back the next day they're allowed to do all these things 
my question is when are we allowed to fail mm-hmm. yeah so what i say to everybody really you're allowed to fail as long as you get up and go again you're not carrying us you know on your back you're doing by what you do people will see it and they will take what they will from it the fact that you you talked about me being out there people might say the same thing about your work the fact that it's out there is the king that is the key you know it's like when obama became uh president of the us i don't care what he does from that point he's done what he's done that's it mm. i can't say nothing else against the guy got the seat number 1 i'm not going to say nothing bad about him because he could be a crap president he could be the worst president ever it doesn't mm. matter he's achieved what he needed to mm. do and i think we need to we need to be more open about that 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 burden that we have to that we think we're carrying even though people place it on us we have to just forward with the work that we do and i think we'll be doing justice to our people will be doing justice to the work as well just be yourself and do what you're supposed to do so long as your heart's in the right place it will work itself out but like i say we have to stop stop saying that we're carrying we're carrying we're carrying mm. because we're not we mm. can only do what we can do and allow yourself to fail mm. allow yeah. yourself to fail Uh, Tenda, just tell everyone what's happening on the 11th, 12th and 13th of March. Tell them to come down, support. Just tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them the tell business. Them, tell them the business. So March 11th to 13th, Phil's Cars, the Fools Company presented by Marsha Theatre in association with the Lyric Hammersmith. We are going to be badding up stages. Come yeah? on, tell them. Come on with the wickedest. Giving out the feelings. Come on. Now we're going to have um, three nights, three nights in the in the studio space, Studio Two, and we're literally just going to have an hour and fifteen minutes of feelings. You know, so just bring yourself. Mm. Come as full as you want or as empty as you like, and just come ready to play with us, to feel with us, to think with us. Um, I don't want you to just come and watch. If you want to you can, but you can also come and you can engage with us and what we're doing because it's going to get loud and it's going to be quiet and we're going to do a lot in a short amount of time. It's going to be a bit like the gym. So, <laughs> you might want to dress comfortably too. Yeah. Um but now come and feel with us from the 11th to the 13th of March. It's going to be proper dope. That is sick sick sick. And I just want to say, right? Thank you guys for joining us. You know, it's been a great time. I really enjoyed having this conversation. Thank you Cornell for coming down. Tendai, thank you for being here. Thank I know you. that you're in the director's kind of mode. Cornell's about to run on and jump on stage. I'm about lyrics. to watch him tonight. It's, it's, yeah, it's not that, please invite me back because I think I think we got we got into deeper meaningful stuff and I think it's important that to know that we're more than this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot more than this. So please invite me back so I don't have to chat doo-doo about the nasty things that positive about the good things. Now yeah. let's do that cuz the conversation has to continue. Yeah. yeah. The conversation is outside it's in the fear arts and our community. That's a that's a good point. Before we then all, you know, go and do whatever we need to do. Let's end on a positive. Tell me something positive about the black male experience or just being black or something good about yourself. Something just to keep it up top. What do you think? Like what what would you say? I love life. Mm. Simple. Simple. Love. intense I love feeling mhm and I, this is not promo for the play yeah. and but it can't be if you want it to be but I love feeling I love reading a script and just feeling something and I love knowing that I'm feeling it because of where I'm coming from in this yeah, life yeah. and I enjoy that I love feeling black I love being it and I love how sometimes it affects 
what I get to create. That's such a gift to create. And so, yeah, I'm yeah, having a ball. Wait, wait, wait. Are you trying to tell me you're black? You couldn't say that. <laughs> Yo, let's wrap up there. That's it. Let's so, wrap up there. You know, Cornell gave us a nice summary there. But thank you both for joining me. I think it's clear to say that the black male experience is always evolving. And we need to continue this conversation, which mm-hmm. is the main thing. Um, please join us with the hashtag, hashtag Lyric Evolution 2019. Check us out on Twitter, at Lyric Hammer. Keep the combo going. Boom. 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 <laughs> Boom. This Evolution podcast is brought to you by the Lyric Hammersmith, mixed by Nikolai DeBarry and scripted by Alicia Archery and Nikolai DeBarry. Music by Mundo. I'm Alicia Archery, your host. Check out all the other episodes on this series. And don't forget to tune in and use our hashtag LyricEvolution2019.